Hello and welcome back to Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. I'm Bill Pollock. The city of West Plains puts on an incredible musical festival celebrating the Ozarks heritage. We'll find out more about that. Our state budget includes several key priorities for the Department of Mental Health. And we'll take a road trip and tell you about some of the great wineries you can check out across the state. And if you're doing some traveling this summer... Nick Chaberia of AAA says this season is going to be extra busy. Elisa Nelson gets us started. So what do you project in terms of uh, what travel is going to be like this summer? Yeah, well, you know, AAA, we're, uh, we're known we put out our, our travel forecast, our holiday travel forecast. Um, we'll have uh, Memorial Day sort of the first uh, benchmark of the year for what summer travel is going to look like. Uh, that uh, those figures are going to be released here in the next couple of weeks. But uh, just kind of looking at uh, what's ahead, we know that uh, people are gearing up for a lot of travel this summer. Um, you know, we're expecting those travel numbers to uh, be close to, if not uh, exceed pre-pandemic levels. Uh, and we're really seeing travel pick up in, in really all aspects, being uh, air, airfare bookings, hotel bookings, even international uh, trips are on the rise. So, uh, you know, we've, we've been seeing folks making up for lost time uh, during during the, the COVID years, and uh, we think that's going to continue uh, as we head into summer 2023 here. You know, with the um, with prices going up on virtually everything and um, including gas prices, I guess, um, is this what you uh, thought was going to happen? Well, it's interesting because, uh, yeah, you know, we know that uh, travel prices in general are, are up uh, anywhere from hotels to airfare tickets, uh, of course, as you mentioned, to gas prices. Um, you know, it's, it's not too surprising, though, that we're seeing people still want to take these trips and, uh, you know, still finding ways to travel. Just for example, when we hit uh, record high gas prices across the country and here in Missouri uh, last June, uh, you know, really right in the middle of the summer travel season, we didn't see any fall off. For example, for Fourth of July travel, it still was increasing year over year, despite uh, the record high gas prices at that time. So, you know, what we found even last year through some surveys, for example, on gas prices, is folks were uh, adjusting their daily driving habits uh, rather than canceling or, you know, even modifying their planned vacation. So, uh, again, we know people are making up for lost time the demand for travel is, is still high. And, and I think that's why we're seeing these numbers continue to rise. As far as airline prices go, what are you seeing in terms of um, higher prices during the summer? How how big are those jumps? Yeah, we're seeing increases anywhere from 20 to 30 percent compared to last year, uh, increases in airfare. Um, of course, you know, there are still good deals to be found. Uh, flexibility is going to be key, though, if you want to find the cheapest rates, uh, maybe traveling uh, at off periods. So, uh, you know, of course, if you have the flexibility to kind of avoid traveling during the, the peak holiday uh, travel times. And then also, you know, flying midweek. That can, that's a great way to save some money on airfare tickets rather than flying on the weekends. Now, since um, people can expect to see uh, an increase in summer travel, what suggestions do you have so that people don't miss their flights? So that's been, you know, a main concern for travelers, uh, you know, coming out of the pandemic. We know 
uh, airlines uh, themselves have been dealing with some staffing issues, uh, you know, even looking back to last summer. So, uh, you know, AAA's best advice, if you can, book your flight early in the morning, early in the day. Uh, that reduces the chances for uh, delays as that, that flight, you know, goes throughout its schedule, reduces the chances for delays. And also, uh, if there is a delay or cancellation, it's still allowed enough time in the day uh, to where you can maybe take an alternate flight, uh, you know, and get to your destination. So, uh, you know, a couple other other tips as well is, you know, of course, if you can book direct, uh, that's going to cut down on any chances for cancellations or delays. Uh, and also, you know, when it comes to luggage, uh, you know, making sure if you can, uh, you know, carry on your luggage. That's going to, um, you know, eliminate some of the frustration and add some more flexibility in case uh, flights do get delayed or canceled. You'll still have your luggage with you. So uh, just some things to keep in mind as uh, we certainly know it's going to be a busy time in the airports uh, here very shortly. Nick Chiberia with AAA joining Show Me Today to talk about the summer travel season upon us here shortly. I'm Elisa Nelson. Now, is this the time of year when AAA experiences uh, an increase in the number of people that are stranded along the roads? Yeah, certainly. uh, We know that uh, road trips have been a very popular form uh, of uh, vacations here really since the pandemic. And we certainly do see an increase when there's an increased number of cars on the road. Uh, That usually means that our uh, calls for roadside assistance go up as well. Uh, And a great reminder to make sure your vehicle is road trip ready uh, if you are planning to take a, a car trip here for the summer. That, that is just not my jam. So what are your recommendations as far as getting your vehicle road trip ready? Yeah, and that's okay. We know that, uh, you know, cars, you know, may not be uh, everyone's, uh, you know, thing. So we try to keep it as simple as possible. Our recommendation, uh, it's really, it's an easy acronym to remember, BET, B-E-T. That stands for battery, engine, and tires. And those are really uh, the three components you want to make sure uh, you have somebody check out uh, before you before you hit the road. You know, for for batteries, for example, uh, here in Missouri, you know, your battery will typically last uh, at a max about five years. Uh, we recommend if it's older than three years, you have it tested before you hit the road. Uh, that way, you can you know replace it uh, preemptively rather than having it die in you maybe when you're away from home. Uh, for tires, same way, you want to make sure your tires are properly inflated. Uh, there's enough tread depth to, uh, you know, keep you safe on the road. And also with tires, the proper inflation is going to help make sure you're getting the most fuel economy from your vehicle as well. So save some money when you're taking your road trip. Uh, You know, for engine, uh, again, you know, that's somewhere especially we'd recommend you uh, having a a mechanic uh, take a look at. But, you know, you want to make sure your belts are in good working order, your fluids are topped off. Uh, and of course, your your oil is good, and and you're getting it changed regularly. So uh, those three components really, really kind of the the main reasons that people will call us when they fail uh, when they're out on their road trip. So if you can take care of them ahead of time, that's of course going to save you a lot of time and headache down the road. So what are some of the most popular des- destinations, Nick, uh, during the summer travel time? Yeah, you know we're we're seeing um, you know of course an, an increase in the summer. Everybody wants. Uh, to get to the beach or to the coast. So those are the main popular uh, places like Florida, uh, you know, even Texas. We also uh, are seeing an increase in interest for uh, Las Vegas and some West Coast cities like Seattle. Uh, what's really come out of the pandemic that's really, um, you know, kind of held true for the last several years for uh, popular destinations is our national parks. 
Uh, you know, people want to spend more time outside. Of course, during the during COVID, it was a great way to kind of distance yourself from folks while still uh, enjoying the outdoors. So uh, that's remained popular as well. You know, it's interesting. We've also, as I, I think I mentioned, uh, seen a huge increase in international travel uh, with AAA booking data showing that uh, international trips are up about 200 percent. Uh, compared from last year. So uh, international travel is going to be very popular this year as well. Where are some of those international destinations that seem to be popular, Nick? Yeah, Europe and Canada are, are, are the two largest uh, places like Rome, uh, Paris, Dublin, Barcelona, um, you know, Vancouver, Toronto, Calgary, you know, those are all all very popular destinations, as well as, uh, you know, even Mexico bookings, uh, you know, despite, you know, some of the issues going on down there, um, you know, we know those are pretty isolated. So folks are still able to uh, enjoy their time down in Mexico as well. Hey, do you know roughly what the wait time is for um for someone to get their passport, yeah, it's uh, so it's typically eight to eleven weeks. But what we've been uh, what we've been seeing is it can take anywhere from ten to thirteen weeks. So, um, you know, there are expedited services that you can pay for a little bit extra. That'll be anywhere from seven to nine weeks. But uh, again, certainly you don't something you don't want to wait uh, for the last minute if you are traveling internationally this summer. Now is a good time uh, to take a look at your passport, make sure it will be valid for uh, six months beyond your departure date. Uh, And if if you need to update it, make sure you do that sooner rather than later. All right. Great, great information there. All right. Nick Chiberia with AAA Missouri joining Show Me Today. If you are tuning in later, want to hear more, subscribe to Show Me Today on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. The United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training, along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on United States Deputy Sheriff's Association, please visit usdeputy.org. Check the back seat. Check the back seat. All right, come here. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the back seat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. If I could be you. And you could be me. For just one hour. If you could find a way. To get inside. Each other's mind. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. shoes. We've all felt left out. And for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Walk a mile in my shoes. Many business owners and entrepreneurs today are drowning in unsecured debt and just can't stop incurring more. Business Debtors Anonymous is a 12-step recovery program where you will receive support for doing business and living life without incurring new unsecured debt. Business Debtors Anonymous offers meetings every day where members support one another to help them stop incurring new unsecured debt. You're not alone. Visit HelpForDebtors.org. That's HelpForDebtors.org. 
Do you worry about how much someone drinks? Do you feel angry or depressed most of the time? Do you feel neglected or unloved? Do you feel that if the drinker loved you, she or he would stop drinking? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you are not alone. Not everyone trapped by alcohol is an alcoholic. Families and friends are suffering too. Al-Anon and Alateen can help. Call 1-866-200-0223 or visit alanon.org slash help. The United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty, college scholarships for the children of law enforcement, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on the USDSA and how you can help, visit usdeputy.org. This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. I'm Bill Pollack, and it's time to take a Missouri road trip. Let's hit some wineries, and uh, let's bring in Missouri Life Magazine. They're always uh, here with great tips, and uh, to help us out, Deborah Marshall, Director of Sales and Marketing for Missouri Life Magazine, MissouriLife.com, the website. Check it out. Deborah, nice to talk with you. Nice to talk with you, too. How how long has Missouri like become wine country. I mean, it seems like all of a sudden it just exploded. I mean, I know it's been, I know, I know it's been around. I don't know. We've had some wineries. I think of Herman, you know, when I first moved here in the nineties, the but all of a sudden it just seems to be like this big boom. Yeah, for sure. It has. And, you know, um, just, you know, from the beginning, you know, our German heritage of people coming from Germany have really played an impact in um, developing those wineries. And, um, we've had some great history with Stonehill Winery, which has been here, gosh, I don't know, over a hundred years, I believe, and um, and some you know staples in the Augusta area, kind of on the eastern part of the state. But you're right; in the last few years, probably last decade, they've really exploded. And Missouri has over 130 wineries in the state, and you know, so most of them are small, you know, small wineries. But we have some some really big ones that have been around and have been instrumental in and wines across the country and across the world. Are we starting to compete with Northern California? Yes, I, I would say so. Um, and we do use some grapes and from Northern California because we can't sometimes can't grow some of them here, but um, we have been competing. And in our May issue, uh, we have a, we have a writer, um, that does a column called Wine Dog, and his name is Doug Frost, and, and he's been writing for us for a while, and, and he um, is one of three people in the world that are masters of wine and a master sommelier, I think that's how you say it, and um, he's got an, an article in our May issue to talk about the Jefferson Cup and, you know, kind of our history of, of Missouri wine and how we've competed um, with other parts of the country. MissouriLife.com is where you can find the article. What's, yeah. the, what's the Jefferson Cup? He started this, um, I believe, about 20 years ago, and it was um, for us to compete against other wineries um, throughout the country and to give Missouri a voice and representation. And um, he, he's, his, his headline is, Farewell to the Cup for this issue. So the cup is going to be no longer, um, but he um, kind of gives you an idea of, of what he has done with um, with the cup and, and who's won and and just, you know, an overview of, of where we've been. Yeah. Well, wine. well, let's talk about taking a Missouri winery road trip. Uh, and, and I don't know if this is what you want to touch on, but uh, Highway 94, 
just west of St. Louis, and maybe that's even getting into that Augusta area. But you, you drive down that windy road that goes along the Missouri River, and you'll see winery, winery, winery. I mean, that seems to me like a pretty decent trail to start with. Is that one of them? It would be totally a decent trail to start with. There's also uh, the Herman Wine Trail that will connect you with a lot of wineries in that area. Um, then there's the Adam Pukta area, um, which uh, is in the Herman Wine Trail. I'm sorry, I was thinking of somebody else. It's the Augusta Wine Trail that's also there as well. So that's all right there in, in the St. Louis area. There are uh, several other wine trails um, throughout the state. We have 11 of them. And wow. they're just in, yeah, the northwest part of the state, kind of in that central part of the St. Louis you know, area. And then a few kind of dotted throughout um the rest of Missouri, but there are 11 wine trails. Deborah Marshall from Missouri Life Magazine joining us. You say that because I, I always just think of like the area from St. Louis to Jefferson City mm-hmm. is kind of being the area, but it is kind of all over the state. Yeah, it is all over the state. And, you know, there's also a little winery up in Glasgow, Missouri called Beckett's Winery. So you can take a, you know, take a, get on your, you know, motorcycle, your, get in your car, go drive up to Glasgow, hang out on the river drink some really great wine. It's a great day trip. And then there's there are those trails that you can go spend. You can spend a couple of days. You, know, you can spend the night um, in a and b right there in Herman and then go out and do all the other trails. Um, it's a great, that makes a great weekend, um, a great, I mean, a great day trip. So um, I, go ahead. I was, I was going to ask you about that because once I start with wine, I don't, I don't think I'm making much of a road trip. I think I'm getting there and then I'm going <laughs> to, because I always seem to overindulge myself. It's oh yeah, I'll try this. I'll try a little bit of that. And so, what is the what is the best way um, to kind of plan a, a weekend when you get somewhere um, to kind of take it easy and, uh, and and enjoy, but not overindulge to where you you feel it the next day? Because I need those tips, Deborah. I'm not sure I have those great tips. <laughs> they do the We're in the same boat, huh? <laughs> We're in the same boat. What I would do is I would just re- I would recommend that um, you know folks go to the magazine and look at kind of where the wineries are, and then you can obviously look up online and, and look for bed and breakfasts and hotels in, in the area. There's a bunch of them. There, you know, there's a lot there that you can say. I mean, Herman comes to mind because. I've been to Herman and spent some time in some bed and breakfasts there and which are fantastic, but um, that's probably the best thing to do and just make it, you know, a trip out of it. Even, even if you can get on the Katy trail and you can ride your bike, you don't have to drink a lot of wine, but you can stop and see all the beautiful wineries along the way too. So, and I'm sure they give you samples and they're small samples. You can, you know, test mm-hmm. a little bit here and there. It, is Missouri known for, for more of a, a red wine, white wine? Do we uh, specialize in anything? Well, Missourians like sweet wine. Yes. More sweet wine. Yes, they do. Um, I'm not a sweet wine fan. I'm more of a Chardonnay person, and I enjoy that. But um, we're more famous for, for that. Um, and, you know, we have some really great red wines um, that are famous from Stonehill uh, that have won many, many awards. But mostly uh, the sweet wines are really what Missourians look for. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think I would fall into fall into that boat too so how many wineries did you say there are in the state there are over 130 wow and you know and in our own backyard i should certainly give a shout out to the Le bourgeois winery um they've been around here in rocheport for gosh several decades i mean like 
30 or 40 years, I believe. Yeah. And um, they've just expanded and they've, they have some fabulous, really, really good wines and they have a, um, a distillery that they've added to their, their winery. So, and it's right off I-70 <clears throat> and it, you know, it's a beautiful place to go and visit for the day. Um, and cause it's right, looks over, you know, the Missouri river and it's just a beautiful place to go. Um, and, eat and hang out and drink some wine and everybody does tasting yeah i mean i don't know any winery that doesn't do any tasting so yeah you got to sample it and then and then pick what yeah. you like so all right that's yeah, great for Mis- sure yeah missouri life magazine uh, missouri life.com is the website and uh, it's in there your may right. edition for the uh, missouri winery road trip that's correct yeah that is correct all right we'll pick that up deborah marshall from missouri life magazine great talking with you you too thanks so much for your time this is show me today the voice of missouri Meet Ed, movie buff, animal lover, safe driver. Five years of driving an ambulance teaches you a thing or two. If people knew what I know, lives could be saved. When I see a car trying to rush past a turning bus, I get concerned. You see, when big vehicles turn right, they have to swing wide to make the turn. And that's a lesson you don't want to learn the hard way. When trucks and buses turn, let's you and I wait. It's It's our our roads. It's It's our our safety. Visit www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. If you're talking, they will hear you Why are we getting killed like this? Kyle's not here. Got caught drinking during the park a couple of nights ago. Really? Yeah. Zero tolerance. He's out for the season. Harsh. Hey, he knew not to drink. We've made that clear to all of our kids, right? Uh, no, not really. Bill, if we don't tell them what we expect and why they shouldn't drink, how are they going to know? Talk. They hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. You try All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Hi, it's Tori DeVito. In every family, small conversations can make a big impact. Like when my dad shared his experiences as an alcoholic. Your honesty about that part of your life gave me a sense of integrity that I wanted to uphold in my own life. I wanted you to know from someone who's been in recovery more than 30 years now that hard work is what creates success, not alcohol or other drugs. I said it a lot, and I'm glad you took it to heart. Talk. They hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control, and priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping, because when you talk, they hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Email from school about the incident today. Scary. Tell me about it. 
Did you have any idea that was going on? None. I mean, you saw Derek at the game last night, too. Did you have a clue? No, but you know, teachers like me, parents, we don't always know as much as you guys do. Kids hear first about what's going on with other kids. Half the time, it's rumors. It can be hard to tell sometimes, but if you're ever concerned about a friend who's having trouble with alcohol, prescription drugs, bullying, violence, anything, you need to tell an adult. Mom or me, a teacher, coach, school counselor, someone you know and trust. Dad, no kid is going to tell an adult about that kind of stuff. I get it, but if we don't know, we can't help. Speaking up about a problem, that's what helping a friend is all about. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. The city of West Plains celebrates an old-time music festival in the Ozarks. For two days, on the 2nd and 3rd of June, musicians, storytellers will share the distinctive sounds of the region. Kathleen Morrissey is one of the organizers of the Old Time Music Ozarks Heritage Festival, and she talks with Ashley Bird. It sort of just uh, takes over the downtown area, a historic downtown all the way to the Civic Center. It ha- has been that footprint for years. And this, as time went by, as we started using the Civic Center more and more because it was an inside venue, we started out using it just as a rain venue and found, figured out that, that, that using the, the building gave us a lot more access to, to things that we could do indoors. So we now have a 500 seat uh, theater that we can program music in all day long. Plus, whenever we need to, we have access to the arena facilities for bigger shows. And I think those arenas seat about 3,000. And this year we're going to use the arena because we have, we just have the opportunity to do it. And, uh, sometimes, you know, we just, we collaborate so closely with what the city is doing, uh, programming their civic center. So, this year, they, they have a show coming in. They have a ticketed show coming in on Thursday night, and we will use the, all of the staging and everything that they set up for that show to continue Friday night in the same area. Yeah, a lot of activity there. Uh, what I don't have is the dates. What are the dates of the festival? June 2nd and 3rd. That's a Friday, Saturday. And it's from 10 o'clock in the morning until, oh, roughly, you know, 9 at night, depending on what time the headliners uh, close, shut down. We just, it differs depending on the people. This year we are, on Friday night, we will be presenting the Isaacs and they have a, they have a really large local and national following. They're opening for Reba McIntyre. Okay. So they're opening for Reba McIntyre, but at the festival? Mm-hmm. Well, no, they, op- they are on tour with her. Okay, so we have the eyes. When they're on their tour, yes, she has, on Reba's tour, they they open for her. Here, we book them separately just to do a headline show. Okay, so the Isaacs who who, uh, travel with and and open for Reba McIntyre will be a big deal at the Ozark Heritage Festival, the Old Time Music Ozark Heritage Uh Festival. That's That's the full name of it. Yes, that's a... That's a, that that's what we're hoping because it's a it's one of the we have never truly gone into the whole genre of of uh, southern gospel. We you know that we have always had so much uh other music that we could could go to that and especially with the 
the local and regional musicians that have been playing that this kind of old time music for generations. You know, some of these these bands going back uh, five, six generations. We're talking with Kathleen Morrissey from one of the organizers of the old time music Ozark. Heritage Festival. It's taking place in West Plains on June 2nd and 3rd. And this is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. In case you're listening or want to dial in later, you can find us in your favorite podcast place. But let's talk about the other acts, too. What what kind of variety of Ozarks music do folks get when they come down for this? They get all that old-time music. There's string bands, ballads, singers, uh, you know, the all the real true old time. Uh, and that, that is not bluegrass. It's different from bluegrass, but it's kind of uh, the precursor if you were going to looking at how old time came about. But it, it is uh, fiddle music and dance music and, uh, you know, all, all that that goes with that culture of old time. Now, the other, the other music that will happen will be, uh, you know, there will be uh, a jig dance contest going on and, you know, all kinds of workshops where the uh, the musicians will be offering workshops and in, in different different instruments. This year, we're featuring the the lap dulcimer because we've never had a chance to do a lot with uh, accessibility. Lap dulcimers are are a little hard to find, uh, you know, on that entry level. So we brought we're bringing in twenty five uh, cardboard. We put them together ourselves out of kits, cardboard. Uh, dulcimers and they they sound they just sound wonderful and they'll be they we will be able to pass those out to the first 25 people who come to the workshop to be able to actually have their hands on the instrument and play along with the uh, leader of the workshop who is Dwayne Porterfield and he is uh, one of the national winners at uh, he's won the that dulcimer competition at Winfield, Kansas, several times in a row and comes out. He actually comes out of the Folk Center in Arkansas. He is he does a lot of performance and MC work down there, but he also works out of the McSpadden Dulcimer Shop right there in Mountain View, Arkansas. Wow. So they can see the instruments, play the instruments, and also learn from some of the best. And you mentioned that this is old-time music, and, you, and mm-hmm. uh, it has its own distinctive sound uh what what would we be listening for that would make something signature old time well you know what the old time music also did evolve as it came through i'm pretty sure that we we kind of claim the scots irish traditions as they came over from uh, from europe and then it evolved it starts in the appalachians and it comes west as people came west and and every place that it went it sort of took on its own uh characteristics the people of old time people can tell you what you know whether the fiddle music is middle missouri or or north carolina or you know they they just know because each one of these places takes on its own its own character now for us we have some signature things that go on here in Missouri that don't happen anywhere else. And partly it's the dance tradition. It was the, the jig dance, the hoedown jig dance, which uh, the square dancing and the, those, these square dances are called. There's a caller in each one of the circles. It's all, all dance to live music. And they're, so they're playing those old time songs for the dancers. Some of them could have been, you know, come out of 
uh, Civil War fame. Some of them would be just really deeply European. Uh, I'm thinking of Irish step dancing, you know, kind mm-hmm, of stuff, because mm-hmm. a lot of that jig dancing came from that tradition as well. But it's really old time. And you, you're looking at the, the dulcimer itself, the lap dulcimer is the first truly American instrument that was made because every other instrument has some kind of ties to a, to a European stock. So when we get those kind of instruments, the, the music would evolve as well with the instruments, the instrumentation. And it's kind of something like how food changed, you know, like we, we will have uh, uh, some presenters presenting on topics that they are, uh, that they've either uh, become very noted for their work in these areas. And one of them is uh, Cindy Grisham out of, uh, she's out of North Arkansas as well, and has done a lot of her work on the, the history of food, how it changed, how the, uh, the westward expansion changed the way that people uh, ate food and, and their customs. As they had different access to different raw materials, technology changed. Sometimes they had access to machines that they didn't, you know, they would have to change the, the equipment and the machinery in order to um, uh, grow or harvest a certain kind of crop that they wanted right, to use. Right, right. A very interesting field, you know. And so we want to, to, to emphasize that it's not, well, it is music. I mean, it sort of was based on music, but the humanities part of it is not just the performance of the of the songs or the where they came from. It's the interpretation of them. So, you know, so we've got some Southern gospel that can trace those those history, their history back to that that Hindi and the shape note singing the and shape the, note, right? And the, All of that. You know, the instructors yeah. that yeah, you know yeah. those those traveling uh, sure. traveling schools and musicians that that because that was the way people learned. I would mm-hmm. have to urge people at this point. Um, I'll urge people to go listen because it's no way we can truly describe it unless you can go down and hear it. And as you said, the different influences right right there, I want to introduce this to you. So as we wrap up. Well, and and the other thing is this new to this this year is the is the in the living history encampment, which will that will cover uh, four different eras. One will be the indigenous people, then colonial, then uh, mountain in and then end, ending in civil war. So there will be people out on our green camping for the whole two days and they will be that, that it's a camp. And so they're setting up all of what would be a recreation of those three, four eras uh, uh, authentically. So we we have veteran civil war and actors coming in to talk about, you know, not try to reenact a battle, but talk about what happened uh, you know, with, with specifically here in the Ozark, where it was very, very hard for either one of the sides to claim any kind of victory because the terrain and the, the geography was so unforgiving that, you know, it, it would just, it, it lent for a lot of things like the guerrilla warfare. Right, right. It sounds like there's so much to see and to hear clearly at the Ozark mm-hmm. Heritage mm-hmm. Festival. This is the old time music. Ozark Heritage Festival. And as we talk to Kathleen Morrissey, who's one of the organizers, tell us where it is, how to find it, and, and how to find out more information about going down to West Plains. Mm-hmm. So West Plains is uh, it's about 40, 30, 40 miles north of the Arkansas border, right on Highway 65. It's called, it's oldtimemusic.org. 
Good luck with your festival, Kathleen. And we are glad that you spent some time with us here on Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. AA made all the difference in my life. I noticed that most of the goals I had as a kid were slipping by. I didn't feel like the person I hoped to be. After all those years of drinking, I, I really didn't know myself. When I was out there drinking, I was always looking for the next great party to make me feel all right. With AA, I found a better way of life. And I feel good in my everyday life, even without a drink in my hand. Visit aa.org for more information and download the Meeting Guide app to find a meeting near you. Some people won't give you the real talk on drugs, but it's time we know the facts. Fentanyl is killing people. It's a powerful opioid, often made illegally and commonly mixed with illicit drugs. It can even be pressed into counterfeit pills that resemble prescription medications. Just two milligrams, about the size of a few grains of sand, could potentially be lethal. This isn't an ad to scare you, but it is an ad to make you think twice. Get the facts. Go to realdealonfentanyl.com. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council. Put a frog in boiling water and it'll jump right out. But put a frog in cool water and slowly heat it up, that frog will boil. As veterans, we tell ourselves the lie that we can handle anything. We let the water boil. You are not a frog. If you or a veteran you know needs support, don't wait. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov reach. That's va.gov reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. Here's Heather with the weather. Well, it's beautiful out there. Sunny and 75, almost a little chilly in the shade. Now, let's get a read on the inside of your car. It is hot. You've only been parked a short time and it's already 99 degrees in there. Let's not leave children in the back seat while running errands. It only takes a few minutes for their body temperatures to rise. And that could be fatal. Cars get hot fast and can be deadly. Never leave a child in a car. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Do you worry about how much someone drinks? Do you feel angry or depressed most of the time? Do you feel neglected or unloved? Do you feel that if the drinker loved you, she or he would stop drinking? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you are not alone. Not everyone trapped by alcohol is an alcoholic. Families and friends are suffering too. Al-Anon and Alateen can help. Call 1-866-200-0223 or visit alanon.org slash help. The United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty, college scholarships for the children of law enforcement, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on the USDSA and how you can help, visit usdeputy.org. Thanks for listening to Show Me Today. Several key priorities for the Department of Mental Health in the latest state budget. Elisa Nelson talks to Mental Health Director Valerie Hoon, who talks about the budget plans and how it will address some of the needs of the state's most vulnerable. We are very excited about this year's budget. We were lucky to get about $180 million of general revenue that just helps us continue our business as usual, which seems like a lot, but it's really, really important that those dollars are. We got a lot of funding last year that was some one-time federal funding, and all of that has been replaced with general revenue. 
that's a big deal for both us, both the department, our providers, and the individuals and services, because that shows that there's commitment to provider rates that were funded through that, or for just other programs like our value-based payment programming um, and other enhancements and improvements we were making. So getting that shift to general revenue was, was really important for the department. Um, the other thing that we're really looking forward to implementing in the next year is our jail-based uh, restoration for competency for individuals who are currently in the judicial system who have committed a crime and they are right now um, waiting to get into our state, one of our state psychiatric hospitals. And that number today is 232 individuals that are awaiting admission. And so we got included in the budget and also passed in a couple pieces of legislation so far. We've got two more days left, but um, the ability to start restoring competency in jail settings, and we got funding for that to occur in St. Louis City, St. Louis County, uh, Greene County, Jackson County, and Clay County, Missouri. So that will hopefully help us a lot, will help, should allow us to address those help starting address those individuals that are in jail or folks that are out on bond, because the way it works today is if you are out on bond, you have to actually come back into the state psychiatric facility in order to get your services. And we've got funding for a mobile forensic response team so that we can actually deliver those either in your home or in your community where you're at or in the jail. So funding for the jails and then funding for services for, for those individuals. So, we're hoping that will help us address part of our wait list um, for individuals that need to come into the Department of Mental Health. Another thing that we are excited about was the funding for the Youth Behavioral Health Liaisons. And that is another one of those items that we've gotten ongoing general revenue and the Senate actually added another eight. So it's $4.3 million total, $1.5 million of general revenue. We would have 35 youth behavioral health liaisons across the state, and those are positions that are affiliated with our uh, community mental health centers, our certified community behavioral health organizations, and they liaison with the schools, with the courts, um, anybody who's touching kids, those positions will liaison with to help them get into services so that we can uh, do a better job of just uh, closing that gap between needing services and finding those services. So the Youth Behavioral Health Liaison Program is another huge highlight. We started that program last year, but it has now got sustained funding and expansion funding, and both of those are, are really important. We've seen a lot of really good outcomes from that program. We also, once again, got funding so that our services don't have to have a wait list. So uh, there, it's kind of a different time here, and, and we do have wait lists today, but that's because of workforce. But we are continuing to get the funding we need in the event that we can secure the workforce, anybody who needs access to services can get access to services. So that is also just knowing that we are able to serve everybody who needs to be served is, is really, really important. Now, are we doing a good job of that right now? No, but it's a different factor. It's not because those positions or those services aren't getting funded. Um, outside of what was included in the governor's recommendation, we also did get $172.2 million, that's almost $60 million of general revenue, to support the Division of Developmental Disabilities provider rates. On top of that, we have included in the budget another $60.2 million for value-based payments for the Division of Developmental Disability providers. 
All of that together, if you put, you really need to look at the rates and include all of that together. So that's about $232 million for developmental disability providers. And that's another really good step. Now, of course, we, we're not sure where we're going to end up with those dollars at the end of the day, but, um, but both of those things together um, should help us continue to address some of the workforce issues we have on the Division of Developmental Disability side. On that side right now for our community programs, we have 704 individuals with the highest level of need that are currently waiting to access a residential provider. And just for comparison, last year at this time, that number was 554. So it, it continues to be a growing problem for us. It is predominantly driven by ability to access a very tight labor market at this point, and it's something that we continue to look at at the department and try to identify other ways that we can help address that. The Missouri legislature has racked up its work on a $49 billion state operating budget proposal. The plan is now up to Governor Mike Parson to make some decisions. Part of the proposal includes budgeting for the Missouri Department of Mental Health. Joining Show Me Today is Director Valerie Hoon. I'm curious what the conditions are like at that current uh, psychiatric hospital in Kansas City. Seems like I heard the conditions are not so great. One of the issues that we have with that facility is kind of how it was built. So if you've ever been to Fulton State Hospital or even, even some of our older hospitals in St. Joe and Southeast Missouri, um, are they're all single floor hospitals. It's one level. And so all of our patients are on one level. Um, we don't have stair needs. We don't have elevator needs. Um, so uh, they have uh, access to outside without necessarily having to be escorted through a building to get outside. So there's definitely some treatment things there that are, are easier managed in a, in a different type of building and looking at what type of building we would do here, it would it would follow those type of designs so it would better work for treatment. Because of the way the building is designed today, um, it does things that happen on the top floor affect things that happen on the bottom floor. And unfortunately that means you have to take beds offline to fix things. So there's there's some Issues with the treatment, there's the, the way the space is designed, uh, there's not a lot of actual treatment space in the building either. So this um, th- that's accessed kind of like by pod or by unit. So this should address kind of all those issues. The provider rate increase is um, huge. Um, and I think it's, what, $16 an hour or so. I'm curious what they're making now. So last year, the governor included funding for $15 an hour for direct support professionals. So that was included in the budget last year. And then that those dollars had to be replaced with general revenue. So when I talked about that $180 million of general revenue at the kind of top of this discussion, um, that has now been replaced with general revenue. So providers get that kind of sense of commitment to their rates because that general revenue has been put in there from the money that was included last year. And then um, then we also have the value-based payments that were included by the governor, which reward our providers who are making sure our direct support professionals have a career path, who are ensuring training, who are getting individuals into employment services, who are supporting individuals with high behavioral needs. Um, and then there's this additional provider rate. Now, we're still not certain what. So what the Senate had included in the budget was something that would have been closer to $17 an hour, and we actually have a rate study that um, kind of helps us figure that out. 
What we have not done yet is figured out what the amount that got left, because it ended up being about half of the funding that the Senate had put in, what that means for a per hour basis. The uh, And if you recall from the conference committee, they're like, so this should be something around $16 an hour. But we still have to work with the actuary who helped us with our rate study to kind of get that finalized and see where we land. You know, you've been talking quite a bit about the workforce situation. I'm curious what that looks like for you right now, uh, department-wide, and where your greatest needs are. Well, we do still struggle with uh, workforce issues. Our overall, our vacancy rate as of April was 24.7%, so down from our 33% vacancy rate, but still 24.7%. Our highest levels of vacancies continue to be at Fulton State Hospital. We have 41.26% of our positions vacant at Fulton State Hospital. Um, but second to that is St. Joe at 28% and then a forensic treatment center in St. Louis at 23%. So uh, Kansas City is a little better at 17.78% vacancies and Southeast Farmington is our best with 9.31% vacancies. So our vacancy rates still remain high, specific to positions. We look really at our vacancy rate for positions and our support care assistants are still at about 31.26%. But probably what's equally troubling is just the turnover for those positions. So 47% of those positions turn over, um, which it's just, it's like a revolving door and we're constantly training and it makes it very, very difficult. And the same is true for our providers out in the community to get any continuity of care when you're constantly retraining folks. So um, another position that we do struggle with that we don't, uh, we love to talk about more, but we don't really get to talk about as much as we want to are some of our professional positions, like our licensed professional counselors. Those positions are turning over at 67%, and we have a, a, a very high vacancy rate there, 25.11% vacancy rate there. Um, our highest vacancy rate, though, in positions is psychiatrists, and we have an aging psychi- psychiatry provider network in our facilities. All right. want to thank uh, Valerie Hoon, Missouri Department of Mental Health Director, uh, for joining Show Me Today. If you want to hear more, subscribe to Show Me Today on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. Show Me Today.